cold and bleak and you just can't take it anymore. Here it comes, that glimmer of hope, a light shines through the door. It's a hopeless show, with Aaron and Rohit, whoa. It's a hopeless show, with Aaron and Rohit, whoa. So who says no first? Like, if you're thinking about it, buddy cop movie starring the Rogans, yes. Seth Rogan and Joe Rogan. But which of the two says no first? I think Seth says no first. I and, think because yeah. he seems very much like, hey, I, I, I don't want to work with this guy. You know, he's an asshole. <laughs> And then, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> yeah, and Joe, Joe's like, ah, camera funny, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and like, okay, Seth Rogen. I mean, first of all, I'm pretty sure their, uh, their views on the world are completely different, 100%. Oh, yeah. Uh, but Seth Rogen... Is on can be on whatever podcast he wants. If he calls up someone or any show, really. I mean, he can be on any show, any single show on the planet. He could be on. Maybe like not Hannity. But other than that, Joe Rogan has a podcast. I don't know if I don't know if everyone would have Joe Rogan on. And Joe Rogan definitely can't be in any movie or really any I don't know has he ever been in a movie so Seth Rogen doesn't need Joe Rogan but Joe Rogan would need Seth Rogen to be in a movie yes however I think if you pitch them on this we can kind of be like all right it's a it's a it's a cop movie it's a buddy cop movie however it's two people working one's with you know there were two separate forces both trying to do a sting and <laughs> they both realize they're stinging each other and they get into a situation where they become buddies because they neither wants to go to jail. They realize they have more in common than they have not. And they Isn't then that everybody cop comedy. Yeah. And it's like, but then they're just trying to get each other to take their preferred drugs. Like, or <laughs> Seth is just like weed and, and weed. And Joe Rogan would be like, uh, it's like acid and like ivermectin. And, <laughs> and uh, Seth Rogen would be like, take the vax. And Joe Rogan would be like, take the horse drink. What was it? Horse urine? Ivermectin. Yeah. The tr yeah. Horse, yeah. It's um, it's used for many, many human things, but it also happens to be used for horse stuff, too, which makes it right. extra funny. Yeah. And so I think... But I think then Joe Rogan, again, he would do Seth Rogan's drugs. But Seth Rogan would not do Joe Rogan's drugs. Probably not. Because Joe Rogan probably does all of Seth Rogan's drugs and way more. <laughs> yeah. I think. Well, also, Joe Rogan also does uh, like HGH and whatever yeah. stuff to make him be look like a little midget bro. Yeah. Well, I feel that's a good intro to the Hopeless show. Yeah. Sorry, we got a little off tangent before we started, but I don't know. What, who, what do you think? Who would say no first? Joe Rogan or Seth Rogan to a buddy cop movie called The Rogans? I'm in. I'm in it. Yeah. I'm the in. Rogans and the poster just says brother with a question mark. 
<laughs> That's a great movie. Yeah. Do you want to introduce the theme? Yes. Yeah, so the theme for the you know this episode of the Hopeless Show is a bit of a hopeful theme because when even though everything looks like it's fucked and it seems like we're fucked, we actually kind of aren't. So we're trying. We're going to try and unfuck ourselves out of a lot of situations on today's episode, which covers everything from Roe v. Wade, West Hollywood, R. Kelly, Cats, and even Canada. So there's a lot to cover, and wow. we've got a power-packed show for you. Um, and unfortunately, neither Joe or Seth Rogen will be making an appearance on this show. Not this one. Yeah. No. We don't know about future ones. And what well, you just, you just gave us a doozy. I didn't even realize just how crazy this one is because mm-hmm. that's a lot of stuff we're going to cover. It is a but, lot of stuff. It is a lot of first, stuff. Should we talk about what's been going on in the, uh, while we've been in the, the bomb shelter, the, <laughs> yeah. the, the epic quarantine that we're in right now, where we're yeah. just being safe as could be. I mean, I haven't left my house at all. Have you? <laughs> Not in like minutes. It's, not been, in, it's been a whole minutes. Yeah, we're we're just uh Yeah, we're very uh very being very safe these days. Yeah. And I mean we're not like licking bus seats, but like we're <laughs> you know, we're putting ourselves out there, you know. Putting ourselves out there and I <laughs> I guess a little up a lot I could give a little update. Yeah. because um, it's a this is a call this is a callback from a show a while ago of something I watched. And then I got to experience it firsthand. So I went to Canada, to Toronto, for uh, my cousin's wedding and for a couple, and I was there, did a couple other things as well. Um, Got to see a new studio. Um, Very cool. But I went, one of the things I did was I went to the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame inductions. Oh, uh, my cousin, shout out to him, Jeremy Diamond. He uh, is the chairman of the board. I think that's his title. Something like that of the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame. So he hosts he hosted the gala. So we got these like VIP things and I got to meet one of my like childhood heroes, former Dodger. And I got to talk to him about this thing that I've wanted. I've been it's always bugged me. Uh, Pedro Martinez. Oh, that's how you got to meet Pedro. Yeah. So I was in the this tent, uh, and they were about to all walk out to get, like, you know, the, to this processional. And I went over with my little cousin, Jack, and we, I was like, Jack, come on. He's like, can we talk to Pedro? I'm like, of course we can go talk to Pedro. So we went up, and I talked to him about how he was a Dodger. I loved his brother as a kid, Ramon. And... Um, you remember Ramon, right? I do remember Ramon Martinez. Yeah, so Ramon Martinez. And then I said how, as Dodger fans, we will forever be sad because he got traded for Delino DeShields. Yep. Who was Montreal. A, Montreal, who was junk. He was not a good player. But he was and, good in Montreal. Yeah, but not with the Dodgers. Awful like with the Dodgers. Real speedy, decent average. Second base. Yep. And, and then Pedro, we lost and Pedro became one of, I don't know, probably maybe him and Greg Maddox and Randy Johnson are probably the three best pitchers of our life. Uh, Yes, yes, yes. 
but, um, but maybe, no. maybe some current ones like Kershaw and Verlander, but Degrom, yeah. Oh, and Degrom, yeah. There's Scherzer, but those three are like the three. They're mm-hmm. in the Hall of Fame. Yep. So, I got to ask him about that, and what he said to me was a uh, meaningful. He said, "Forever my roots, I will be grateful for the Dodgers because they're who gave me the chance when others didn't believe in me. They always believed in my brother Ramon." He said, and I do be- and he said, and I do believe Ramon should get way more credit and consideration because if not for injuries, he was amazing as well, which I loved that he said that. And, uh, and he said that the Dodgers gave me that opportunity. And so uh, it was kind of cool to hear it from the man himself about something that's tortured us Dodger fans for generations now. And uh, so the that one was that got away. He was the one he was. He was the one that got away. Very nice guy. Met other cool players, too, from, like, growing up, like Lloyd Mosby, Fergie Jenkins, uh, Justin Morneau. There were a bunch. Of, it was a lot of – it was cool. It was cool baseball time. So, and, so quick question, Aaron. Is this yeah. – Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame is for players both born in Canada or foreign-born players that have played in Canada, and it's both, right? It's both. Got it. So um, Jeff Francis, if you remember him, the pitcher, mm-hmm. yeah. he, was not, he was there. He was nice. Got the t- yeah a lot of these uh, they, so they were either former Blue Jays there were a bunch of former Blue Jays there there were uh, it's Joe Carter he was not there but I think he's in the Hall of Fame uh, so it's you either played in Canada or you're from Canada Jeff Francis and Justin Morneau this is getting too deep and we'll get off this subject in a sec Jeff Francis and Justin Morneau are both from this tiny little town I think in British Columbia that like these two players and they they said in their speeches like. These two guys from this tiny town in Canada are now both being in indu- and they were friends growing up and stuff and they played on the same team and they were both inducted in the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame. Like the odds of two people from like anywhere little getting going into anything good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And these two guys, uh, one was an MVP, one was a, I think a world or anyway, they're both pretty good. So so that was one thing. And then one other thing I just have to touch on is at the airport, at uh, YYZ, the airport in Toronto, I was going to my flight and I saw none other, callback from an earlier episode, none other than Kenny G. And I saw him, thought I was pretty starstruck because uh, I recently watched, as we talked about on this show, the Kenny G documentary, which I still recommend everyone watch. And I was just thinking, man, I wonder what he's like. Is he really that kind of slightly awkward? You don't know if he's being funny or if he's taking it seriously as a person type of person. And then I'm waiting for the flight and he and this these two women, a girl, little girl and a, I thought it was his girlfriend and maybe his daughter or stepdaughter, um, we're with him and they, he put his like sacks. He, oh yeah. And he's walking around in the airport carrying his saxophone in a and case or exposed in, in a case. I wish okay. it was exposed yeah. and, uh, but the hair flowing and then he come, he's right next to me getting about to get on this flight. And he started talking about check bags and I was talking to him just like, Hey, how's it going? Uh, then he went to go look at stuff. He's like, can you watch this for a second? Like, yeah, I'll watch your sacks. <laughs> yeah. And then he came back and I said, oh, why don't you ask them? I believe 
they'll check your bags for you. And he said, no, I know that. I was wondering if they'd check my daughter. And I immediately paused. I didn't know if this was a joke or not. And he looked at me with a smirk and it was confirmed. I, he's very awkward. But that's really funny, though. I think that's a good funny dad joke. It was a good joke, it was, but I didn't know if it was a joke. I was, I was confused, but I think that was his goal, was to make me confused, just like in the Kenny G documentary that everyone should watch. It's very confusing if he knows that it's a joke or not. Um, so those were my two things in the quarantine. Um, so that's it. That's what all I've got. That's ev everything I did. I haven't done anything else in the last week except those two moments. But what is coming up, Rohit, before we dive into the craziness of what's been going on in the world? We're going to Disney. We're going to Disney. It's going to be so sick. Um, this Friday, man. Um, down in Anaheim. And, you know, I haven't figured out what I'm going to wear, but it is most likely going to be either Warner Brothers or some <laughs> sort of non-Disney character. <laughs> wow. What could you wear that would like I'm going to dress up as a minion. A minion. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I mean, and I'm just curious. What are you most excited for? Okay, I'm most excited for the Star Wars land because I haven't been to Disney in seven years. Um, so there's, I want to see the rise of the resistance that you, we've, you've been talking about for like two years since this show started. Um, and I want to, I'm excited for all the rides that I haven't seen in Adventureland. Um, and I've only been on the one that's like you're on a fake like hang glider. No, oh, uh, California Adventure. Yeah, yeah. California Adventure, not Adventureland. Adventureland's um, <laughs> in Disneyland. As you can see, I'm a big Disney buff, but <laughs> I am so excited for it. Um, we're going to be wearing our Bob Chapek shirts, too. Um, <laughs> Team Chapek. <laughs> it's, it's a deep cut joke, but yeah, yeah. our listeners understand. Yeah. Apparently, Disney people are very upset about Bob Chapek being <laughs> rehired for a long term, but I think it's funny. Um, so Aaron and I, maybe we'll wear Bob Chapek, free Bob Chapek shirts. <laughs> and if people that are real Disney heads get upset at us, then we can sue them for a lot of money if they attack us because um, we're both religious and racial minorities. And also we're supporting the CEO of Disney. So that's like we're actually like being good team players. Um, so we can make a lot of money if we get attacked. By yes. Disney fans. So that's the the goal is to go so that we can sue. Yes. <laughs> this is America. <laughs> um, so we'll report back on what happens from this uh, this this adventure to Disneyland, yes. and and now we have a lot to. And I'm excited for you, Rowan. I'm excited for yes. myself too. It's a great thing to do on uh, July Fourth weekend as we celebrate our sort of independence, but not really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Back in dependence on the patriarchal state, and you know we're we've been bearing the lead, but. This is the section where I think everybody's been waiting for two biological men to talk about women's rights. And, <laughs> you know, it's it's because well, our wait, I have told you this, but I'll tell I'll tell the uh, listeners 
I am changing my pronoun as of today. My pronoun is now gun because guns have the most rights in this country and I want to be the most free person. So I want to be considered a gun, even though I hate guns. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. As gun and I take, uh, take you through this topic. Um, I think by the time you're all listening, um, you know, everyone will have been able to form their own opinions and all that. But here in the hopeless show, it is a major sense of hopelessness um, for, I think, not only the Supreme Court sort of turning over Roe v. Wade and potentially other um, sort of judgments that have been used to... Um, I guess, protect rights um, or provide them. Um, that's been one thing. And I think I also want to talk also about the aftermath and just how ugly it's getting and it's going to get. But first, yeah, Aaron, um, you know, it, it feels like the country is going through a, a, a tough, another tough moment. It seems like every few months there's just something, whether it's, you know, black Americans being, you know, extrajudiciously killed by police officers or it's school shootings or it's some sort of voter fraud issues. And now it's Roe v. Wade. The one thing that, you know, was everybody thought, you know, they always said, oh, it's going to get overturned. Oh, no, it's safe. It, it, it got overturned or rather turned back over to the states. Um, yeah, it's a mess. It's a mess. And I get, I mean, the goal is like, so it seems like we're totally screwed, right? But the goal right now is to make it so that we aren't totally screwed. Um, that's, that's what our theme is. Mm -hmm. But I just want to add one level of screwedness to it is as a Jew, Jew Judaism is not a, like this goes against for besides the terrible things with women's rights, which is obviously number one. But let's take let's just take that aside and go by the religious aspect of it that a lot of uh, these conservatives are saying, which is why they overturned it. From a Jewish perspective, it's it's against Judaism. Like the, you're uh, after 15 weeks, Jews say if it's uh, if the woman is at risk of of death you're supposed to be able to have an abortion. That's part of just the, like Judaism takes the, I, I forget all, I'm not gonna quote all the Jewish uh, transcript, but this is against what Jews think should happen. And it's gone so far that a rabbi in Florida is, uh, um, is filing a suit against the Supreme Court and against the, the state of Florida for, because he's saying it's directly targeting Jews by doing something that goes against, if you're going religion, it's going against the Jewish faith and what the Jewish faith believes when it comes to this topic. So, uh, so that just adds a level personally of just extra hopelessness, I guess, that. Yeah, it, it's, it's a very strange time to be alive. And, and I don't know if this was technically an anti-Semitic, purpose that they did this their technical purpose which could have been gone about in such a better way 
right now, you know, you have gay marriage, you have um, abortion, you have a few other rights that post Civil Rights Act, and um, that have you not left been out soda, sodomy, sodomy, yep, um, that have not been. And these are just well, that's a state. I don't think there's anything about on the books about sodomy laws and on a federal level, but that's ruled on by the Supreme Court. Maybe there has, but the idea is that even our, you know, Ruth Bader Ginsburg said, listen, abortion and Roe v. Wade is built on shaky ground. It's built on quicksand because it was, these are rules that have protected women's right to choose, which is very important, but they were built upon judicial fiat, meaning these were based off of sort of judgments that were not written into law, but judgments based off of, like right now, Roe v. Wade, that is, that is actually based off of privacy and not any, and, and so, the, so what is happening is like, okay, even she was saying like, listen, it's built on sand, we need to actually build it in cement. We need to pass a federal law. And she's not the lawmaker, but overall, a federal law If she's law the lawmaker, if she was the lawmaker right now, that would be weird because she's, yes. She's not here anymore. Yeah, she's definitely dead. Um, so what should have happened is the Supreme Court should have been like, okay, we have these sort of quicksand rulings, these judicial fiat rulings. We're going to turn over the lawmakers. You guys need to decide on a federal level what we're doing because what happens is when you continue to have Roe v. Wade and these other judgments like gay marriage and all that stuff that should be literally built into the Bill of Rights, they should be amended into the Constitution, they should be federally protected rights. They're not, and until they are, they should be protected by the courts. For some reason, the courts, are, you know, the five to four judges hmm, voting on very specific lines, party lines, were just like, ah, oh, you know what, let's revoke them. And their whole thing is, we'll make it a state's thing, knowing fully well you got states like Missouri and other, you know, red states that are going to actually make formal bans. And so what should have technically been done is they should have given a warning, worked with the lawmaker assembly saying, listen, put this to votes, get this federally legalized. Then we can get rid of these problematic quicksand fiat rulings and everybody's all good. Yes, what I they, told they you have to have the backup. Like, yeah. here's what we're going to. OK, we will get rid of this antiquated way of doing this and Correct. do it a much better way. We'll put it on the ballot. California did it, which mm -hmm. is, I think, great on a number of levels. And it's where there is hope within the the terribleness of this. But exactly because um, there had to be. But they didn't want that. The problem is the court has not be, his, it's the Supreme Court is no longer uh, to be taken seriously, in my opinion. It is a fundamental religious court that is based not on law, but on personal religious viewpoint. Yeah, and and there should be a vote before any of this was overturned. Uh, it should be a thing that the, the people can vote on and it would pass because more people in this country are for pro-choice than are against it. Um, it should be on the ballot. California had made it in November on the ballot, which is brilliant be there that the, for the voters to choose what the state can do. Why is it brilliant? Because it's going to get a lot more people out to vote and a lot more people who are would, would maybe apathetic are going to go. Yes. Vote. And what you just said is so important. And is actually it's, it's another hindsight is 2020 thing. The last time the Democrats had a super majority was when Obama was president and he, they had it for two years. They could have actually 
with the numbers, Fed passed federal, like federally legalized abortion. Mm -hmm. They could have passed it. This is another thing. The games politicians play with our lives. You're just talking about getting out to vote. The idea of Roe v. Wade and the idea of abortion, idea of abortion is so strong of a sort of like a fear tactic for politicians to say, okay, well, vote this way, vote that way. And then I think most politicians never actually thought in our lifetime it truly would get it overturned, but they, despite them saying it, and the fact that they continue to use it as a voting leverage and say, listen, we have supermajority, we're not gonna put it up there. Like they felt so safe in it. Yeah, This should have been taken care of back then. And I don't know with how divided our country is, the next time we'll have a Democrat supermajority. We might have a Republican supermajority before we have Democrats majority, just the way things are swinging. Um, and that's not a good thing. It's, not, mm -hmm. it's just like, and that's not going to help. So it's like, it's, it's really unfortunate that that happened um, or that didn't happen back then. All we can do now is move forward. And I think there's one other thing I want to bring up about this. And I just, I joke all the time that, um, you know, how much I love chaos um, and how much I love online abuse because I think it's hilarious in many cases, um, in most cases. However, one thing that's been truly upsetting for me, and I believe this is coming from people that, with where I personally stand on the right for women to choose, have the moral high ground that want, that want to give women the right to choose, there's been a handful, more than a handful of people that have taken to isolating the one black Supreme Court judge and literally spelling out the N-word, calling him an N-word, calling him an Uncle Tom, and... I think that's just, I understand how angry you are, but to resort to racism, and when there's four other judges that they can direct their anger to, but they continually choose the black one, and they continue to choose to call them end bobs, I think there is, that is so disgusting, and it doesn't push your cause any further. It doesn't actually bring back women's rights to choose by calling someone literally a hard R N-word. Yeah, it's hate, hate breeds hate. And uh, and it's what, in my opinion, under Trump we had, which is a lot of hate from the top, breeding sure. a lot of hate. Yes. So yes. there was just hate versus hate. And so we can't resort to that. We can go protest. We can vote. We can uh, do all the things like big companies are doing and, st and states and pilots. Planes are like people are literally flying people that need to to get abortions in the states where they can. So people are doing workarounds. There will be workarounds. It's also terrible that it's happening, but don't resort to hate. Yeah, it is it is just, it's sick. And like uh, hate I, that you actually stand against. Like you're, if you're, you can't be for the BLM movement and also be for doing that kind of uh, rhetoric yep. when and something goes terribly wrong. You can't do it. No, and the majority of these are white women who have like, you know, equality on their profiles and all that. And they think that, that that's literally, it's vile and disgusting. So stop it. We know but none of our listeners would, but stop it. None of our listeners would. And just to give a little bit of that we're not screwed is people are taking action from big companies to private pilots are taking action to make sure that we do workarounds of this yeah. as much as possible. And I think more and more will come from that because... Uh, what happens when something extreme happens is people wake up from their apathy and do something about it. And that's what's great about the human yeah. spirit. And yes, exactly. And there, you know, and some people will spaz out and stop spazzing out. Other people are doing something constructive. And I love that. 
Um, I love the people that are providing resources from companies to individuals. And then here's another bit of hope, Aaron, that I found. Yes. Um, is that I'm, I'm really hoping that the rest of the country is starting to pick up and truly appreciate my utter hatred and disdain for the government. Um, and so <laughs> if we all hate the government, isn't that great? So they are not our friends. They are not out to protect us. They are liars. And this is what we see what happens when we trust them. Um, rights are taken away, you know? So yes, everybody come hate the government with me. And there you go. That's uh, good. We, we just <laughs> talked about, <laughs> we just talked about how we don't, respond with hate with hate well no here's the thing most yes, but most governing officials aren't human okay um, all right yeah yeah so they're they're subhuman um so but don't get racist but you can hate them because of who they are which is a governing person but not hate them because of the skin they have well on that note <laughs> 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 on that note let's let's go to a little debate yeah um so, have you heard of these hearings going on, Rohit? Is it the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard hearing? <laughs> yeah, that's like what's so funny is that people actually cared about that. And then, yeah. and then you have something real happening. So, the question for you, we all know this hearing is going on. It's gotten crazier and crazier about January 6th, about everything from Trump wanting to go to the Capitol to give a speech to him inciting a riot, to all his people, basically like wanting to do everything from let the rioters riot to hang Mike Pence to, I mean, if you, if you don't know all the things that have been happening, we're not gonna go through the laundry list of, of crazy things that are happening with these hearings. Many of them hilarious. <laughs> I mean, some not though. Can you admit at least, okay, well, let's start with our debate because I'm curious what, where you think this is headed. But before that, I am just gonna start the debate by saying, I just don't think this is very funny anymore. I think so is the debate is this funny or is the debate that what we think is going to happen? What's, what's it's what's a little bit of both. Point? It's a little bit of both. Is this is this all this hearing stuff just a joke and nothing's going to happen? And I know you think it's funny, so the joke part. I, I know your opinion. I don't think it's that funny. Um, I think there can are, are little funny pieces in an otherwise terrible thing that happened where people lost their lives and where our country could have really, we know more, could have gotten just become a civil war right there on the Capitol. I mean, if Trump went there and like led the rioters into the Capitol with his, like his tiny hands trying to hold a flagpole or something. Yeah, I mean, it's, it was fucked up, but it's not capture the flag. It's not like, oh, hey, I hit a button, now I'm president forever. Like, that's not how it would have worked. A so coup what actually involves the military. Everybody keeps calling a coup. A coup, there was no military force that was overtaken. Um, you don't think the Qunon shaman is part of the military? Oh, God. If all our military generals had to wear, like, headdresses and face paint, um, that would be pretty interesting. Um, yeah, I, here's my prediction. For one, if we're debating about how funny it is, yes, it's still hilarious. Um, and will never not be funny. And <laughs> it was wrong what happened. It shouldn't have happened. But I like to look on the brighter side of things. People die every day, and people die for dumb reasons. And if, if, I think the government should always be afraid of its people, always. They should be afraid of their people because that will keep them in line. Otherwise, there's nothing that keeps our governor overlords 
in check. Literally nothing. But you know what would keep them in check is if you kept popping your mic. <laughs> yeah. So there's there's truly it, it was it was just that's why it's like I don't think that nine that sorry Jan six should have ever happened. But and nine eleven if you were going to say it yeah, yeah also oh, shouldn't yeah. happen. Um, but Jan six here's my I think it's funny that how much people are like. I think it's it's funny that it was a comedy show. I still play it with in my mind with the yakety sax, because it's really funny. Um, it wasn't a real coup because there's no military involved. But the, yes, there were people that were trying to take over, and, or even if it was just like they're disagreeing with it, they did it the wrong way. And I think those people should be in trouble for trespassing. They should be in trouble for a lot of things. Well, they are. Um, what do we think? What do we think of the big of the big guns who are the big now guns? getting accused and there's evidence of them doing uh, illegal stuff? I mean, we want to place another bet where I'm pretty sure I'm undefeated against all bets for you that we've taken on this show. Yeah. Um, so I'm pretty sure undefeated. Um, how much would you want to bet that Trump does not spend a day in prison? Oh, I don't know about that because I don't even know if there's precedent for the, for the prison part. No. I, I would just go so far as to say, does he actually face ramifications for this? That's the bet I would do. Depends because, on what we define as ramifications. Social ramifications or... No, if the, like, if the government does something in response or the DOJ... Like a $10,000 fine? Yeah. No, like... Yeah. <laughs> they, yeah. they take away one... They take... I mean, what would really hurt him is if they took away Mar-a-Lago. That would be big. But just something. You know, we know what it is. We all know, like, yeah. something of significance. Yeah. So what that's do you also, think? That's also against the Constitution. The government can't just seize property mm -hmm. as punishment. No, it's um, any like, significance. Yeah. Anything yeah. of significance do you think will come from this? Um, nothing that materially, materially hurts him enough. All right. I think I, he'd actually, I think he's still going to try and run and not win the, the 2024 primary. Um, but I do think nothing will be there that could even prevent him from doing that. That's, that's, that's strong enough. He's not gonna get, nothing's gonna stick. So I would have said the same thing a few weeks ago, but now after seeing this and seeing where this committee is going with this and how well they are doing it, how they are really laying this story out and going through thoroughly through it and really getting people to come forward under oath and say what happened and how batshit crazy it is. I mean, we all know he's crazy or some people yeah. think he's amazing, but at least I think he's an absolute loony tuned human being. Um, and You're not wrong. You're <laughs> not wrong. No, he's just insane. And this he's still the best Twitter account of all time. But anyway, yeah. he is insane. I mean, for you, Truth Social now that you're a big Truth Social guy, but he is absolutely the listeners. I am absolutely not. <laughs> but I I think that they're doing this very thoroughly and with purpose. None of this would be done without an end goal. And I think they have an end goal and I think they have proof and evidence for that end goal. And I think something will happen. OK, we'll see. I, I think that. They're going to take down some lower level people just to kind of make a point. But I think he's untouchable in this situation. I don't know, because if the, Mark Meadows is probably the next person and he probably because of uh, witness tampering that they said at the end 
because of that, he probably is going to end up testifying because he probably faces uh, jail time. And so if he testifies, then all bets are off. And so just a hunch, just a hunch. Yeah, thing. yeah. But I think even his testimony, I think this has been such an issue where it kind of, it just comes down to people believing that the government almost fell in a day or people believing that it was a protest that got out of hand. And that is going to come down to the testimonies are going to have to reinforce one side or the other. And personally, I don't believe that there's enough evidence to say that the government almost fell that day. I don't think the government, eh, it was closer than we think, but I don't think it actually would have. They would have brought in guns. They would have brought in a military. And they, like, they, they wouldn't have orderly left. But against the okay, president, but that's, un, that's unheard of. If the president of the United States shows up and is at the Capitol like he wanted to be. Oh, sure. Yeah, that would have been cringe. And that's what he wanted. So the fact that no one was stopping was uh, that the president wasn't stopping anything from happening purposely and his chief of staff, they were purposely doing nothing. They wanted this to go on and he actually wanted to go to the Capitol. That's at least an attempt to uh, cause the government to get overthrown. Now it's done by a crazy person who's not the most, the brightest bulb in the. <laughs> sure. So, no, no, he's, he's a, his bulb's out. Um, but he hypothetically thing is there's, if it's his desire to go to the White House, which I do believe had ill intentions, I completely agree. You with mean him. the Capitol? But the cap, sorry, the Capitol. I do have ill intention. I do believe he had ill intentions. However, you can't prove that. He could have just say, "Oh, I was there to you know try and calm everybody down and make it appear like that." that yeah, but no they have all the evidence. That, they have the text. They have the evidence. Like they have it now. They have it in writing. They have it said. They have the evidence saying that take me there, but they don't have the reason and what he was going to do there. And then you can't just say, oh, because he probably was going to do that. And that, that's not something that you can get somebody on, which is why I'm saying the dude, while he leaves track marks, shit covered track marks, and his breath probably smells like ass. Like, <laughs> I think that he's covered himself pretty okay where he's going to be untouchable. All right. Well, let's, that's why we have a debate. Let's see what happens. Yeah. And here's the thing. I'm not rooting for this. I'm a realist and a nihilist. Um, and, if and, you, so, and if you lose the bet, you have to wear a MAGA hat for a day. No, that's actually no. <laughs> like literally, I've taken any single bet that we put on, but no, um, I will not put that on my head. Sorry. Uh, Sorry if anybody's out there. That's just my, listen. We love all our listeners, but that's just not me. Um, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's not you. Yeah. <laughs> all right, we'll figure out a what uh, the it, payment it can is be for. something embarrassing, something cool, but uh, yeah. All right, fine. Um, you have to put on a Don Jr. hat. It just says Don Jr. <laughs> <laughs> I would consider that because that's ridiculous. So you just I would walk around it. for a day with a Don Jr. hat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll talk about this uh, All right. in a future episode. Yeah. Um, well, let's keep going because we have a lot more to cover. And we're covering, again, big topics today. We do... Um, feel even though everything seems like it's a disaster in this country there is some hope still and even having these discussions is hope because we have to continue the conversation and that's what leads us to something that even though everything seems totally totally in trouble in our country there is hope yes, in sports there is. with our sports update because as I told you Rohit a while ago the Orioles are better than you think 
and they really are. They're playing above the last, what, month and a half? They're playing well above 500 baseball. They have great young talent. They're winning a lot of games, and they— Dude, They're bats. They're bat. They had a lot of home. They have speed, a lot of home runs. They're bullpen, yeah. right? With with an extended left field. Oh yeah, that was dumb. Um, yeah. It looks so stupid at, at uh, Camden, but I hate it. Um, so I just am curious, briefly before we move on, your how you're feeling, hope with your team and the future of the Orioles. Aaron, this is embarrassing to say, um, but the amount of joy I am feeling from the Orioles right now being having the 19th most wins in baseball yep. is insane. And most normal fans would be like, "Ugh, we're like the 19th ranked team overall in the league. To me, this is incredible. Um, we're, we're just five starting pitchers away <laughs> from, I think being truly competitive. <laughs> and, but aren't you, um, aren't the Orioles only like five games out of a playoff spot? Um, out of the last wild card spot, we are six games out. So that's um, actually in contention. Actually yeah. in contention. Legitimate contention. Um, the 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 hard part is, um, you know, I don't want to get my hopes too high. But yeah, we have a phenomenal closer. Our bullpen's awesome, like really good. Yep. Um, and our bats are good. Our feelings good. Our speeds good. It's our pitching is the biggest weakness, which was. I guess that's why we extended the walls to try and turn some more home runs into fly ball, fly outs, you know. But I feel I'm really excited. I'm really happy um, uh, about the way this team's going. Um, and yes, maybe we do have a bright future. But I'm sure all the guys that are good now will have to trade away in two years. No way. The Orioles are going to make a true playoff run in the next two years, guaranteed. And tell me you'll root for them with me. Hell yeah, I'm rooting for them. Oh, Go Orioles, yes, unless they play yes. the Blue Jays. Go Orioles. Sure, sure. Respect. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Well, which so there, there you go. See, there are bright things in a world that seems like it's going to complete shit. There are bright spots, and now I'm gonna. I need hope, Rowett. Oh boy, Aaron, what do we got? So I live in West Hollywood, as you know. Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna give away my address for all our stalkers listening. Yeah, we have lots of stalkers. You just got to walk around and look for Aaron and WeHo. You'll find him. <laughs> you might. Yeah. The two big things passed in WeHo. One was very cool. West Hollywood passed that bars and restaurants can now serve and stay open until 4 a.m. That Jesus Christ excited me because it reminded me oh of New, it reminded me of New York. And I love New York. Yeah. And whether you want to use that privilege or not, it just is exciting that you can, that West Hollywood is like New York. That just excited me. And so I was really excited that passed. But what I was not excited about, Rowan, what I was upset about is that they also passed something where, which is called defunding the police, the, which I am against reallocating in smart ways in big cities sure defunding the police i do not think is smart and what are they doing do can i tell you what the, and also this 
So you're keeping bars open two hours later, which is going to have a lot more people doing dumb shit and yeah. getting into trouble and drinking and driving and fighting and all that stuff that, that goes with that. But then you're like, you know what we need with this is less police. I mean, WeHo is the hardest drinking neighborhood in Los Angeles. Yeah. Yeah. And like, be proud of that. Let's. Yeah. But not at the expense of the safety. And there's already a crime is way up in West Hollywood. And so All over the city, can I tell you what they're doing? And then if yes, you can please. give me hope, because right now I feel this is going to lead to a massive disaster. So the new budget is instead of uh, they're going to eliminate four sheriff, four sheriffs are going to be eliminated from WeHo, four patrolling sheriffs, which WeHo is not big for listeners who don't know the area. It is not a big area. It is not a big piece of land. It's a small area. Mm. And to eliminate. It's like the four, size of Tom's River South um, for every, all the rest of the listeners. <laughs> for all the rest of the listeners. <laughs> um, so. They are eliminating four sheriffs and replacing them with people called blue-shirted security ambassadors. And they, so they think that that'll do uh, these blue-shirted people who are making the neighbor, who are looking out for the neighborhood. I feel hopeless about that. I mean, that stuff, it's like, oh, that's so woo-woo. That's happy that everyone's looking out for one another. Oh, yeah, a blue-shirted ambassador comes up to two people, like, getting into a brawl. And they're like, hey, guys, can we try to work this out? Hey, ga- hey gang member number one and gang member two, two can, can you just drop your guns for a second? Don't mind me. I'm just trying to stop your brawl. Is it okay if you guys stop stabbing each other? Yeah, please. Are you guys okay with that? Please. Listen, I don't want to be. I don't want to be judgmental. No. But if you want to stop stabbing, like at least in the belly, maybe stab someplace that you know where there's no arteries or major organs. That'd be super great. But don't. But, but don't sweat it. You know. Well, um, do what? I want you to stab <laughs> like you're expressing your true self. Yeah, it's a, it's stab expression, <laughs> uh, and then. There's, this is where something that I talk about a lot about the gray area, right? We've talked about that a lot. I know you still don't listen to me, but there's gray area. In this case, there is someone who I completely agree with on this topic, and he chimed in about it. And I completely agree with him about this topic. That man mm. is O.J. Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> OJ Simpson chimed in about how he thinks it is absolutely ridiculous what happened in WeHo and how they're getting, they're defunding the police to put these 30 blue shirted people on the streets. And he said, OJ Simpson said that, (laughs) that we need cops. We can't be getting rid of cops and replacing them with blue shirted people. And I'm all for reallocating some funds, but to just replace them with like fake cops. I believe it. I agree with O.J. Simpson, which shows even your people who are murderers, you can still agree with certain things they have to say. Yeah, when O.J. Simpson is crazy to get rid of those cops, like that is how you know. I mean, yeah, L.A. is just, I love this city. I'm guessing O.J. lives in WeHo part-time or something. That's probably, probably why yeah. he chimed in. 
I love this city, but the crime is out of control now. Even though they say technically is down, yeah, that's because so many things that were crimes have no longer been counted as crimes because they're just letting them happen. Yeah. So that's yeah, like break-ins, smash and grabs, muggings. They aren't being counted in the crime statistics. So it's ridiculous, and its crimes getting terrible. Uh, the cities in I have in, personal experience with this on numerous occasions, yes, uh, okay, uh, occasions that I can't really talk about, but yes. Crimes just get to happen, and people just get to get away with it, like OJ. Yeah. I mean, OJ got I mean, away with it. LA adopted the $900 rule, too. Yep. Um, where, you know, you can uh, shoplift up to nine, before less than $900, and you're not going to get in trouble or not going to get prosecuted. You just like go to store, walk out with $899 of stuff. Don't you like my new headphones? Oh, yeah. Don't you like my new headphones? $800 headphones. I I didn't pay $800. (laughs) There's people literally walking with calculators and adding things up and putting them in bags and just walking out. Like, (laughs) this is ridiculous. Do you want to come over for my Branzino? (laughs) I have your Benz. I have six Branzino. Oh my God. So give me some hope because. Um, I think that this is another form of accelerationism where things are getting so dumb and so bad, and the faster they get dumber and badder, the same people that are voting for these overly like impassioned, like, oh, let's just like reduce, like, cause they're for this dumb shit, they're gonna be victims themselves, and they'll be like, oh, never mind. Um, I think this is accelerating how quick the dummies that are voting for this crap are gonna themselves be victims of crime, um, yeah. and then they're gonna change their mind. Yeah, you're probably right. Okay, see, that's where there is, there is, we're not totally screwed. We're not yes, totally this why, screwed. This is why I technically am not sure if I believe in karma, but I always root for karma. <laughs> so, oh, I don't know. I am. Uh, and actually, you and I should not be talking about rooting for karma. No, Oof. no, 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 Oof. no, 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 no. Oh, no. God. Oh, God. No, <laughs> no, uh, no. But I, but I will say this. I will say this. I am into potential presidential candidate. Howard Stern, who has announced as of now that he is going to run for president, and he announced his VP today. His VP, when he runs for president, will be Bradley Cooper. <laughs> does Bradley Cooper know about yeah, this? Apparently he does. I think Howard oh. Stern said he called him and he said, sure. <laughs> but Aaron, I got to say, if I'm going to... Stern, Stern Cooper? Stern yeah. Cooper? I mean, it's like, I'm going to read a tweet to you. What a ticket. Um, the and I think I might have sent this to our group, but I'll read it to the listeners. Howard Stern running for oh no, I didn't send this to you guys. Um, Howard Stern running for president with Bradley Cooper's vice president. It puts us, I think, on a I think it, it corrects the timeline. And because I think we're already on an amazing timeline, things aren't getting noticed today. Radio Shack, the official Radio Shack Twitter handle, yeah, the you know, they sell HDMI cables. And like <laughs> yeah. random electronics and radio and, and radio fuses and stuff. Um, and if any of you guys don't follow Radio Shack on Twitter, I've never been more. I think they might have topped Donald Trump for wildest Twitter of all time. Really? This is Radio Shack's Twitter today. If you find a squirter, marry her. <laughs> what? Radio yeah. Shack? Radio Shack. Dude, Radio Shack is unhinged on Twitter. Radio uh, Shack. Oh, fuck. The, the tweet. The tweet just got uh, removed. But it's still in my thumbnail in this text that I sent somebody. Well, um, is Radio Shack, is it someone who hacked it? <laughs> no, no. This is their account. They are filthy. 
they're like, nobody cares about our shop. Nobody cares about Radio Shack anymore. So we're just going to go like literally like we're going to be lunatics. Oh, I just I just found something. I can read them to you. Can I just read you? Cause yes. Some, before, by the way, five of their most recent tweets have been removed. But anyway, go ahead. So here, someone grabbed them. I don't care what anyone says. Lizzo fine AF. What's up, girl? <laughs> uh, the next one. My girl still hasn't come back from the from BTC Miami. <laughs> uh, the Bitcoin covers. Uh, hey, Best Buy support. I was just on a customer service call with one of your reps named Candice. She was so rude. Could we do anything about this? Taking the second half of an edible after feeling nothing from the first half is always a bad idea. This chocolate bar got me out here fighting for my life. <laughs> so, Radio Shack, someone, someone who runs their, uh, their Twitter is, I can't even find their Twitter to follow. Dude, look at the, Radio Shack, I think the only person who's serviced more customers than us over the years, Jake Paul's girlfriend. <laughs> wow. Dude, that's like, I can't find Radio Shack to follow. Really? Just, yeah, it's, um, oh, wait. I'll send you a link to their profile, yeah. Okay, yeah, send me the link. But let's, let's try to finish up the show because. Yes, yes, yes. Um, we're getting slightly off topic here with Radio Shack. But <laughs> everyone follow Radio Shack, please. Radio Shack shows uh, exactly why there is hope. Where, <laughs> and where did you send me it on? Oh, there it is. Uh, I texted you, yeah. So, yeah. so um, and see, some of the stuff, some of this show we create in real time, like me following Radio Shack. <laughs> you see how we exist when we're not on the show. All right, so we got a little bit of Hopeless TV. And then, uh, all right, a couple more things. So, Hopeless TV, Rohit. Um, I have one thing that has nothing to do with TV. Which is? R. Kelly. This has nothing to do with TV. No. But the reason I think of him is because I think of uh, 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 Space Jam. And having watched that movie on TV. So, so R. Kelly has been on TV. Lots so of technically you are, you are putting this on hopeless TV. And he has been on TV. He's been in music videos that we all watched as kids. Like he's so to me, he's TV because <laughs> that's really how this I, is a stretch. But OK, I'll allow it this episode. And here is why I'm upset. I think R. Kelly has some great jams and it frustrates me when people can't separate the art from the artist and people are saying, I'm never going to listen to an R Kelly song again. And look, R Kelly, the person awful R Kelly, the artist pretty good. And so I just feel hopeless that like, like, can I not play? I believe I can fly anymore or ignition with other people. Will they get mad at me? Or I'm a flirt. I'm a flirt. Or what was the Celine Dion one? He had one with Celine Dion that was good. Uh, I forget what it was called. Oh, God. There was Fiesta. That was a jam. That was good. The Celine Dion one was a great ballad. Oh, yeah. I'm your angel. I'm your angel. I'm your angel. That's exactly how it sounds. So just give me uh, a little bit of it's something hopeful because I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know Here's the, the hope play. I can give you is I think there's going to be some trolls out there that despite R. Kelly, he's going to prison for 30 years um, that I think are going to create bots that just stream R. Kelly's music on Spotify and Apple Music. So oh, well, he's not gone from, he's still on uh, 
Spotify. Oh, he's still on there. Yeah, it's just, so they it's just earning, me they being judged. Money. Me being judged for like playing bump and grind because it's a good jam. Here's the thing, Aaron. I think this is one of the reasons we're friends, one of the many reasons. You and I both have a predilection towards shock and awe. Yeah. And we just got a new tool in our toolkit. Being the fact that R. Kelly is going away for so long for being a pervy molester. Yeah. And when we start playing R. Kelly, like at my 4th of July party, heads will turn <laughs> and we will laugh even harder because it's so much... We, He's given us the gift of sh being able to shock our friends. So what do we play first? Now I feel tons of hope. Oh, bump and grind. I think bump and grind has to be first. Because <laughs> that was also early when he was definitely doing some shit with underage girls. Like, no doubt. Oh, yeah. But the songs are good. He had one song with Usher yeah. that was really good. Yeah. Uh, I forget. I forget the names of them all, but they're all good. I, what if could we just do at your 4th of July, just do, because people won't notice maybe right away, just do an R. Kelly playlist for a little bit? Oh my, yes, yes. We will play R. Kelly at my 4th of July. And not, this does not mean we condone him. No. Let us be very clear. We like what the we art. We do condone, yes, exactly. We like his art, but we also condone freaking people out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is why we have this podcast. Yes. So, and if you disagree and think that R. Kelly you should never listen to an R. Kelly song again. I just want you to remember that I believe I can fly. Oh, and I kind of, I'm going to kind of just add this little bit of a tidbit. I know we're running, we're running a little bit long, but this is the, this would have been the 41st birthday. One of my best friends who passed away last year, um, Matt Byron. Oh. And one of his favorite things to do um, was he, there was like a, uh, a jukebox service or is a jukebox service that you can like, you know, it's like digital. It's got an app. Okay. So what he would do is when he was leaving a bar, he'd load like $10 into the jukebox on the app and just play Chumbo Wamba tub thumping 10 times in a row. <laughs> so what do you think? So. I get knocked you, down, but I get up yeah. again. You but know. literally people are like, what the fuck? And he just leaves like, it's like walking away from an explosion. Um, and this is like one of his ridiculous, hilarious moves. So I think we can take a page out of Matt's book. Um, and I love that. <laughs> we place, uh, just leave an entire R. Kelly playlist on the digital jukebox. And just really oh, just I, like. I like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and just see what happens. Yeah. I am. I am. Uh, I'm in. All right. We're doing it. And again, not because we like R. Kelly the person. We don't. <laughs> We despise him. He is disgusting. But yes. his music is good. Yes. And Aaron and I have no um, moral gauge for when to stop a joke. So then we'll continue with our carnage. Zero. Yeah. Yeah. So, see, we're bringing, look, the world is a great place. And then there was more drama. Can we Actually, we have two more things. Uh, and then we're done. But these, these are big things. The first is we have to revisit our favorite band in the world. We just don't know that, that many of their songs. We know way more than we used to. BTS. They are on a hiatus. Do you know what happened? I don't know when, like this week maybe, with uh, the BTS fans. Um, Can you guess? Did they go on like a hunger strike or a protest? Sort of. Not really, but I like that. So, and again, this is called, the segment is called Guess the BTS. So Rohit guessed wrong, but it was 
good. It was a good guess, better than most of his guesses. So the BTS army, so all their fans, are calling out Netflix for comparing BTS's hiatus with One Direction's. And many BTS army fans are canceling their Netflix subscriptions as if Netflix doesn't need any more problems. They're canceling their Netflix subscriptions because of, I guess that's in a Netflix something that's, I don't know, like a movie or something that they did, a documentary. So I think it's funny. I think it's very I th- funny. I respect what the BTS fans are doing. The other day, someone told me that like God and my family are more important than BTS. And what? I hit them with a car. So, <laughs> wow. Yeah. And is this. Wow. So, yeah. I mean, that's Rowan. Solidarity. Look, and you didn't get arrested because we live in a country where you don't get arrested for hitting people. So I. Wow. I mean. Um, oh, here is the here is the tweet that Netflix did that made lots of people cancel Netflix and whoever's running Netflix's Twitter is even more ridiculous than Radio Shack. Because why would Netflix just purposely alienate a zillion people? They wrote, millennials going through the Destiny's Child quote-unquote hiatus, Gen Z going through the One Direction hiatus, Generation Alpha going through the BTS hiatus. And it's a picture of someone uh, saying the only thing we really have in common is childhood trauma. I mean Netflix, jeez, that's rough. And the yeah, one, the dark. One Direction hiatus was a, was a breakup. This w- BTS hiatus, they say they will come back together. They're just doing their solo stuff, so not need not worry. All you BTS fans who obviously listen to our show because of this segment. But dude, how old even is Gen Alpha? Aren't they I, like eight years old? Oh, it's very generation Alpha. We're between twenty ten and twenty twenty five. So that means the oldest Gen Alpha right now is twelve years old. But BTS, which I get, but BTS I get fans are also like older, super young. But they're yeah, also older. They're, they're, yeah, they're old like us, and yeah, they're they can be up to. Like, I think they're BTS. I know actually know people at that concert who were sixty at BTS yeah. concert, and then obviously like six year olds. So yeah, we continue to have too many things in common with twelve year old uh, fandom and six year old um, fandom. Yeah, so. Anyway, BTS will return. We're going to keep giving you updates because they are our favorite band ever. And now we have a Hope in 60 to end the show, Rohit. One Hope in 60. Are you ready? I'm ready. And the timer has started. So I feel massive hopelessness because there was one. If there, I was hoping for something to come out of this Trump thing, this hearing that was like, all right, well, that's really funny. Or that's like, you know what? That makes him a little likable. But as a callback to this show, apparently the thing that Trump does to calm his rage, apparently he, saw, he has real big anger problems, not surprising, is Shocker. he listens to the soundtrack to the movie Cats. And if you remember early on in this show, I watched Cats because I was so curious. And it is one of the worst movies ever. I know it was a musical too before that. But give me hope because the guy of all things, then he listens to cats like, dude, pick. OK, I f- I, here's the hope. Here's the hope. The Venn diagram for Donald Trump and cats fans generally doesn't have much overlap. <laughs> but because of that lack of overlap, um, I think all the <laughs> an- the anti Donald Trump people are going to be 
so like their jimmies are going to be rustled. And to me, it is really funny <laughs> to watch people get so upset about something that they love so much also being something that Donald Trump loves. And then it kind <laughs> of makes them question if they like it. That to me is like, like a Greek tragedy comedy. Like there's something just so beautiful about it. And I guess, it can you imagine that? I like that. Cause can you, can you imagine Donald Trump like throwing plates and ripping tablecloths and throwing sandwiches against the wall and screaming and yelling and saying, I'm the president now, like whatever the hell they said, he said, and, and then, and then putting on memories from cats. And just and just sitting there listening to it like oh dude an- memory. another yeah uh, another bit of hope is I, I I would give it six hours from the time of this podcast has finished recording um, until the time someone on the internet posts a cat's Donald Trump mashup um, <laughs> I should go ahead and do that I wish I had more time I'm so busy with work right now otherwise I would make that um, because that would get lots of millions and millions and millions of views. I I love that idea all right I have hope thank you you did your job. Yeah. And, yeah, you got it. and I think we have one hope fulfilled to end the show, to end a crazy show, an insane show. Oof. It was a lot. So what is this hope fulfilled you bring? I didn't bring this. Uh, no, wait, did I bring this? Hold on. Look at it. Oh, yes. This is hope fulfilled. This is yes. This was meant to be from last week, but uh, we put uh, we had to move it back because we ran out of time. So this makes me very happy for the animal lovers out there. The Japanese Toki which is a crested bird. Um, it's, they have returned from extinction. And Ooh. it's been the, in you know, the year 720 AD. Uh, it's one of the oldest like birds. Um, and as guns and firearms became available, you know, and hunting and their, their populations, they, in the, in the 1930s, there were only a couple dozen toki left in Japan. And then in 1974 um, was the last sightings of wild fledglings. And in the 1980s, they were down to five tokis left, and they're all in a captivity. Um, and this is pretty much, that, at that point, they were considered extinct um, because they couldn't do anything. But then they uh, arrest a male and female. So they're were, they were on the edge of extinction. Then in 99, a male and female pair of toki from China were brought to Sato, Japan, for an artificial breeding program. Um, and that continued... And today, in 2022, the wild population of Toki is estimated at 480. <laughs> Makes me so happy. Wow. Like, yeah. Isn't that great? If that doesn't give you hope that the world is heading in a good direction, what does? Yes. Yes. You bring a big, beautiful, majestic bird back that had, was just hunted out of extinction. And I think, take care of our world. Take care of the beautiful creatures here. And, you know, then... They can come back and you know or they don't have to go away so protect our rhinos our elephants and all those little critters big and small beautiful so. thank you for ending us on such a, a high note yeah. and uh that yes. concludes the show we've we've done it all today we have a lot more we will give the disneyland update next week of what happened yes. and if we yes. do sue them yes please don't oh my god we're gonna be so rich <laughs> so rich um until then this has been an episode of The Hopeless Show where we basically covered everything you can possibly cover. Yes, yes. Uh, and thank you for listening. And until next time, stay hopeful. Yeah, and follow us on all our handles, The Aaron Wolf and Vohit Faroh at the number four and The Hopeless Show. 
When the world seems cold and bleak and you just can't take it anymore Here it comes, that glimmer of hope A light shines through the dark It's a hopeless soul With Aaron and Rose.